here. And that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. All right, thanks so much for joining me on this edition of the show. I always appreciate your efforts to come in and check out to see what we have going on. Now, today I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be interviewing Louise Landry, who's a stroke survivor. Before we get into that show, just a quick word from our sponsor, MAK Mystic Expressions. Now, this is a Himalayan salt company. They specialize in pink salt. Now, by moving forward in life and in health, I think this is a small change that can improve all our lives by moving from white salt to pink salt. Now, MAK Mystic Expressions has a number of different salt products that can improve your lifestyle. And some of them are, some of them include a salt grinder, salt cutting board, salt heat bags. My personal favorite is the salt lamps. So if you head over to makmystics.com, they, all, they have all kinds of information and products for you to check out. I'm pretty excited to share with you today that I have Louise Landry coming on with us. And I've known Louise for a while now. Now, we've worked together in some of our groups. She's a supporter of what I do. And she recently told us a personal story within the group. And I thought it would be fantastic to share that with you. Now, Louise is a stroke survivor or a thriver. And she talks about what it what it's like to have a stroke how to what it's like to recover it and move forward and maybe some limitations but louise i like her attitude and she always says she's not a victim and she doesn't let anything hold her back she's very active with in our groups nutrition wise fitness wise and she's going to tell you all about what it's like as a stroke survivor and how she now facilitates a stroke recovery group with peer visits. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, Luis, thanks so much for joining us on another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. I'm excited to talk about this topic because I really don't know a whole lot about it. Can you tell us some details about what a stroke is before we get into it? Okay, so a stroke is essentially a brain attack. Um, It can happen by two ways, usually a clot or a brain aneurysm or a bleed in the brain. Um, the The clot can originate in the lungs, in the heart, in the leg. It can originate pretty much anywhere in the body. But it, essentially, it goes up to the brain and it um, clogs an artery, in this, in the, uh, and then it it can burst and cause damage, or it can just stay there and cause damage. It doesn't necessarily have to burst. Um, a brain an, a brain aneurysm, a bleed. The brain bleeds and the the vein generally bursts and it causes damage that way too. So what actually happens when the damage is happening? So certain areas are, is that your nervous system? What's cut off in a bleed or a clot? Okay, so each area of the brain um, regulates different parts of your body. If, if you have a stroke that was, a, was on the left side of the brain, it can affect your speech. So you might not be able to talk and read and write. If you have a stroke in other areas, it can affect vision. It can affect um, your um, ability to walk use your arms, balance. It can affect so many different things. It just depends in the brain where the stroke occurs, what happens. So what kind of stroke did you have? 
I had a clot. Um, it was actually a pulmonary embolism. So it started in, it originated in my lung and it traveled up to my brain and it burst. And it, when it burst, it affected several areas of my brain. And that traveled down to what areas of your body? It didn't travel down anywhere. It just traveled up to my brain from the lung. Okay, so what are the effects of, of your stroke, I suppose? My stroke, it, uh, it, the areas of the brain it affected were the right and left hemispheres and the cerebellum. It's, it's considered quite a major stroke. Um, the cerebellum controls your balance. The right side is your speech. Fortunately, my speech was only affected a little bit. Um, in the beginning, it, my voice was very monotone when I, when I, when I had my stroke. Then uh, the right side was affected, um, which affected my ability to walk. It left my left side paralyzed. The opposite sides of the brain, if, if the stroke happens on the right side, it usually affects the left side of the body. If it happens on the right side, it's the right side of the body that's affected. So I, I was able to overcome a lot of the things. Um, I learned how to walk again. I couldn't walk at all. How long did that take? I was in the hospital two and a half months total. Um, the walking probably came back in about a month, but they wouldn't let me walk on my own because my vision was affected. I have what's called homonymous hemianopsia, which is um, um, I have no vision from the middle of each eye to the left. I, I don't notice it anymore. I've compensated very well for it, so I don't walk into things anymore, which is why they wouldn't let me walk on my own, because I used to walk into everything on my left side. <laughs> it's probably a good thing, then. <laughs> yeah. Or they would have to tape you up with styrofoam or, or bubbles. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> some, I have a friend, some friends that seem to injure themselves often, so every <laughs> once in a while I say, I'm going to have to wrap you up in bubble tape. <laughs> <laughs> what are your limitations? So that... You have some limitations now, I would imagine, um, but you seem to be functioning very well. Is this yeah. is that normal after a stroke? Everyone is different. Everybody reacts to, or recovers differently from a stroke. And for me, because I was very young when I had my stroke, I was only 37. So I recovered. Um, they, they told me that I had youth on my side. So I recovered very well, actually. Um, I learned how to walk again. I don't have any numbness in my leg. I'd walk without a limp. Nobody would know to see me that, I, that I've had a stroke. Unless they watched me really closely, they would notice that my left arm just doesn't function as well as it used to, or as well as most people's do. Um, I pretty much have full range in it most days. Some days are better than others. But uh, my hand function is really poor. Hand takes the longest to come back because it's fine motor skills. So it takes a little bit longer, but that's probably the, the toughest. My left arm is very weak, though. It, I, I do work out, and it, I, it's very difficult for my left side. My, when, when I'm doing something to support my body using my left arm, it's very difficult for me to do that. Okay, let's get into that in a little bit. I want to talk about exercise and nutrition a little bit with you as well. All right, so I just want to take a moment to tell you about the tire shop here in Olds. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not really a car person. I wouldn't be the first to fix, well, anything. <laughs> so that's why I trust some a company like the tire shop. When I bring my car in there, I always know that it's going to get quality service. I really love the customer service. It's, it's bar none. They treat you like family. And this is a family-run business for 40 years. So they're definitely doing something right. 
and they're not just a tire company. So they do oil brakes, tune-ups, your battery, wheel alignment. They do all kinds of different things to service your car. And now that winter's on the way, it's definitely a good time to get your car checked out, have someone that you trust and, and believe in, and to support the community as well as a local tire shop. You can reach them at 403 403- five five six seven six six zero or if you want to stop in they're at five nine zero three imperial way right behind napa you're a facilitator of a stroke recovery group yes i facilitate the stroke support group in lethbridge and um i also do um as, as part of the group we do peer visits where we visit stroke survivors at uh at our local rehabilitation facility here in town and uh, we just go with a message of, of hope and that things can get better. We don't give them outrageous promises because some of the people don't recover as well. But um, we like to give them some hope at least because there usually is some recovery. What, can you give me a picture of what that looks like? Maybe from, I don't know, top to bottom, somewhere in the middle of what, what kind of condition these stroke, would you call, did I say, you call them victims, stroke victims? Survivors. Survivors. Yeah, all the survivors. <laughs> <laughs> right. We already went over that. <laughs> so can you give me a picture of what these stroke survivors you look like, what they can function with, how they communicate with you? Some stroke survivors that we visited have no speech ability at all. We visited some that have no speech. It's the, and that's probably the most difficult visits that we do is when they don't speak. Um, some of them don't even understand what we're saying. Most of them do understand, though, so we were able to talk a little bit to them. Uh, they are usually given some books that we can that we can use to help guide them, or we tend to ask ask them yes and no questions, so just to make it easier. And then they give us the thumbs up and thumbs down. Um, that's the easiest way to do that. A lot of other stroke survivors are, are fully functional. Um, they might have uh, they might be in wheelchairs because they can't walk and have to learn to walk again. Um, a good majority of them are older, yes, um, but I do see, we do see a lot of stroke survivors that are in their 50s, 40s, 30s. I've seen the youngest that I've seen that we visited is, was 21, wow. um, but stroke can happen to anyone at any age. Even children can have strokes. What kind of condition was that 21-year-old in? Um, she actually recovered pretty good. She was in a wheelchair. Um, when, when we first started to visit her, and she was in the hospital for a long time, probably a good five or six months. And when she was discharged, she was walking with a cane, talking reasonably well. Um, one of her arms didn't function very well, so she, it, she was doing okay. Some of my schooling in the CPR courses that I need to take, mm-hmm. they say that sometimes you can have a stroke and not know it. That's right. So you can tell maybe one side of the, one side of the face sags a little bit, or the mouth. You can tell in the mouth is. Can you tell? Can you talk about that a bit, or maybe it's interesting for me to know that how likely. <laughs> I'll go back to that word. How common it is for someone to know if they have a stroke or not. Most people do know, but ignore the signs. Um, Sometimes, sometimes they'll go to the hospital after they've had a stroke and realize or find out through a CAT scan that they've had two other ones and didn't know about it. So it, I wouldn't say it's real common, but it does happen. It does happen. Um, sometimes what happens, somebody will be, for example, my father-in-law had what's called a mini stroke, and he was stirring some pasta sauce, and um, the spoon just fell out of his hand. 
most people wouldn't think that that was a cause of a stroke, but he went to the hospital and he did have a mini stroke. Wow. So, yeah, he just lost the grip of the spoon, so. So it could be something, you know, something that small that is the only sign you get from it. Sometimes, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, let's talk about, you know, your, yourself. I want to talk about nutrition a little bit. You're, you're eating better. You you know, I, I guess we didn't tell our listeners that I know you from some of the online groups that we do and, you you know, you support what we're doing, which I very much appreciate. Now, I know that you work on nutrition quite a bit. Does that make a difference for any kind of stroke thriver? Yes. I Stroke survivors often, not always, often have high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Um, those are two medications that are very common that are given to stroke survivors. I didn't have high blood pressure or high, or high cholesterol. My cholesterol is really low, always has been, and my blood pressure has always been normal or actually on the low side of normal. But um, so there, there are a lot of health things that go hand in hand with it. I Fortunately, I ate relatively healthy before. I wasn't a big processed food eater before my stroke, and after my stroke, I cleaned things up even more and became more um, conscious about uh, about what I was putting into my body and stuff like that. So I think, I mean, I would imagine I would feel that the better nutrition you have, the better you'll be able to, your body will physically be able to recover. That's right, yeah. And now for those those in these peer visits, is that at home visits, is that in a hospital setting? What does that look like? It's in a hospital setting for the most part, yeah. So, unfortunately, they wouldn't have a whole lot of control of their food? Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I get some people that say the food is great there and some people hate it. So, <laughs> well, it's all personal choice, of course. So, Well, tell me about exercise. Now, you exercise on a daily basis mm -hmm. unless I, we have an off-day scheduled in there. <laughs> what That's does exercise look like, um, not only for you, but maybe – or? Uh, I suppose limitations is what I'm getting at. Okay, I can, th there's a lot of things that I can't do, but I don't really concentrate on those. After I had my stroke, they told me, no more skiing, no more biking, no more, um, no rollerblading. I didn't rollerblade before, but it was something I wanted to try. But so basically nothing where I could fall and injure myself and get a bruise uh, where, where it would cause internal bleeding, basically is what they didn't want me to do. So I still exercise. I walk. I, I uh, do Nia yoga. I do the workouts that we do here. I belong to Curves, so I do workouts there. So after my stroke, before my stroke, I wasn't a huge exerciser. I called myself a fair weather exerciser. So in the summertime, I was pretty good biking and hiking and that sort of thing. But in the wintertime, not so much. It was too cold. <laughs> so, so I just, uh, and at home, no, I was raising two young kids. I didn't want to exercise. So I just, um, I, I didn't do it. Now I, now I make sure that I do it. I, I don't want to have another stroke. When you have a stroke, you're more prone to another stroke. I've never had another one. I never want to. So I make sure that I do what I need to do that I, so I don't. Now, I want to ask you about internal bleeding. Is that something that they, they don't want to happen? Is that more likely to happen for someone that's had a stroke? I'm on blood thinners. So if you're on blood thinners, it is more likely. To, it, you're more prone to internal bleeding than the normal person would be. So the yeah. blood thinners are to prevent a future clot. 
That's right. And then yeah. the clot is more likely to happen because it's happened before. Yeah. And do we yeah. know anything about, would you, you know, have any back or background or knowledge around the causes of strokes? It, a lot of it has to do with eating. Not always, but obesity is a big cause. Diabetes is a risk factor. Lack of exercise. Those, those are probably the biggest ones. High blood pressure, high cholesterol. Yeah. High, high blood pressure is actually the number one cause of stroke. So, okay. So living a healthier lifestyle, you're less, you has less chance than having a stroke. That's, is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, one big risk factor too, I forgot is smoking. Now tell me about, so you're exercising, where does your motivation come from? Is it strictly from, you know, what happened, you know, a stroke um, or is it from you want to live a healthy lifestyle? Where does that motivation come from? It's because I want to be healthy. I've, I've got grandkids now. I want to be healthy for them. I want to see them grow up. And yeah, I, it's, it all comes from within. All right, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you about Hearwell Audiology Clinics. Now, I kind of think it's a thing of the past to be embarrassed by loss of hearing or even hearing aids, especially with the technology these days. They're so tiny, you can hardly see them in your ear. And I also think that it's entirely frustrating when you can't hear a conversation or have difficulties hearing someone from the other side of the room. I, I know I get frustrated when I can't hear someone. Maybe someone's mumbling or there's too much noise going on, but... If you're having hearing issues all the time, I really believe it affects your quality of life. And by going to see an expert and someone that can help you out can really improve your improve your quality of life. So Dr. Towers has these clinics, these audiology clinics in Red Deer and in Olds here locally. He has extensive schooling and he has 10 years of experience. A couple other things worth noting is they have a price match guarantee. They have free trial periods with no money down. And they even clean your they even clean your hearing aids for for lifetime. There, uh, this is super cool. Patients seen within 15 minutes of scheduled appointments or Dr. T Towers buys lunch. If you're looking for more details about what they do or how they can help you out, visit hearwell.ca or you can give them a call at 855 <laughs> So tell me again, so we talked about limitations just briefly about a one arm, for example. So can you tell us about the limitations that you may experience from day to day? When I'm cooking, I suppose I have to use a special cutting board to, to, to cut some of my things because it's hard for me to hold certain things. I can hold a carrot fine and peel a carrot, but an onion, because it's round, I can't hold it very well. So I have a cutting board that has little spikes through it, and I just pop the onion on that and cut it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of cool, but um, so so that's probably the biggest limitation that I have. One limitation that people don't know about that they don't see is my math skills. Because of where the the uh, my brain was affected, it affected my math skills. I I went down to like a grade, probably elementary school level math. I had to learn all my math again just just so I could cook. And that's all I wanted to learn. So if I had to double a recipe, I knew how to how how much a fraction, you know, the the doubling of a fraction would be, um, that kind of thing. So I had to teach myself that. They didn't teach me that in the in the hospital. So. So where how did you go and learn those skills again? Well, you know, I I went out and I bought some booklets that you would buy for little kids to teach them how to do things. They were like math books that you can just 
work through and do the um, and do the problem solving, the addition. I couldn't even add. Like if I went into a restaurant, I couldn't add what you know the my bill up. I can now. I can round it up mostly. I can't add it completely, but I can round it so I have an idea if they're overcharging me or not. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a common? I don't know what you call it, side effect of a stroke. It just depends where in the brain the injury happened. Right. I haven't encountered too many other people that have had that problem, but yeah, for me it was it was virtually no math at all. So, so I've always been horrible at math. <laughs> Any chance I had a stroke at a young age? Andrew, <laughs> if I knew that before, I would be telling my math teachers that I need some assistance. <laughs> Okay, they probably wouldn't believe me anyway. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that you told me is um, is that you like don't like to, I'm not sure how you said it, you don't like to be called a victim or you don't like to call yourself a victim? No, I, I don't consider myself a victim because to me a victim didn't survive. So so I refer to myself as a survivor. And um, yeah, it just and it's more empowering too. So that's why I like it that way. And do you, when you go to your peer visits, visits, do you talk about, um, you know, the importance of your mindset or maybe the words that you use? Of course, those translate to the the thoughts you think. Do you go over that at all with? We we we, we do talk to them a little bit about attitude and um, how it's important to be able to laugh at yourself and um, how it's important not to be too hard on yourself because it's very easy to, to be negative to ourselves. So we do discuss that a little bit with them. Um, yeah, and, and we let them know that it's, it can be a very long process and it's really hard work to recover from a stroke. So we let them know that too. And it would, would you, would you think that the, um, depression rate would increase after a stroke? Depression rate is really high after a stroke. A lot of people suffer depression. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons that we go in. All of us are, all of us that do the business, there's about four or five of us that do it. And we all really have good attitudes about it. And um, we're, we um, try to go in with positive attitudes and leave the bad stuff behind us. And, and we just try to, to make it a positive thing for them so that, and, and we do let them know that grieving is part of it. Uh, you know, if you've lost the use of something, you're going to grieve it. So, you know, we, we try to let them know that, uh, that that is a positive or that is a normal thing. But uh, some people are more prone to, to depression than others, too. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a personal kind of a thing, I guess. And is there any way to, let's say if they lose um, the use of a limb, for example, is, do they... Or is there an ability to strengthen, or is that straight nervous system that has has a direct disconnection there? It's pretty much nervous system. Yeah, but it, you know, having said that, there therapy can happen or recovery can happen any time after a stroke. So the more you use it, the the greater the the messages ability to be sent up to the brain can be. So there is a possibility that it could. Um, gain some strength you know it's been 17 years since my stroke and um, I, I always tell the people that I still notice changes they're small but I still notice changes 17 years later actually it's almost 18 years 18 years later I still notice changes so so some of the workouts that we do maybe you know in a plank position push-up position forearms 
knees, toes, wherever you are, whatever position you're in. Have you noticed any kind of gains on your weaker side? That's the left side, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You, I know it hasn't I, been that long, but I'm just curious. Well, I, because I did the 10 day fitness challenge too, and then I kept doing the workouts. Um, I have noticed some, some strength in my left arm. It's still weak. But if I tried to balance my body on my on my left arm, it would probably collapse under me. Well, I know it would. But um, the um, but the, it has gotten stronger. It it has definitely gotten stronger. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice to hear. I think that gives other stroke, um, you know, thrivers, survivors, that, that you know, the some hope. I think because you know there is. You know, I think, of course, there's nervous damage in there, but I, I, I think that there still is a, an ability and a mindset that things could change and you can get stronger from it. So what do you tell a, is there any kind of message that you could tell a, a stroke thriver that may be listening to this, that maybe that you shared in any of your peer visits? Um, I, I would just say never give up. It's it's a long haul. It's a lifelong, a lifelong recovery. It's not just you're six months, two months, or whatever in the hospital. It's a lifelong recovery. So everything you do adds to adds to what you're able to do, um, adds to the recovery. If, you know, if you're exercising and you can only do a little bit, that's where you start. You know, and you just you keep on going. You do, don't stop. Okay, Louise, thank you so much for joining us. Um, that, that's going to wrap things up. I know it goes by super quick, but thanks for sharing your story with us and for the opportunity to have other stroke survivors have a chance to listen to your perspective. I think that that means a lot just to have someone to come in and hear your perspective and how, you know, especially if you're at a younger age, like a 20, you know, 21-year-old, I think that it's so important for someone like that at a young age instead of to be depressed their whole life, you know, I'm, you know, there might be some, you know, a battle within, you know, for, for a while, but I think that your story gives someone like that hope to move forward and to join, you know, join fitness programs and workouts like you're doing. And then I just wanted to thank you for being a supporter of what we're doing with Complete Truth Protein and our online memberships. It's fantastic having yourself in there and being so active. Uh, you know, we're fortunate to have someone like you in there. Thank you. I'm enjoying them. They're a lot of fun. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here, for checking out the show and coming in to see what we're doing each week. I want to thank Louise for coming on and sharing such a personal story with us. I think that's such a... It's so inspirational for her to come on and share with us and talk about how you can move forward and you can progress. And I hope she gets a chance to share this with other stroke survivors as well. And I want to tell you about our weekly newsletter real quick. So if you want are interested in more recipes, videos, podcasts, radio shows, I send out a weekly newsletter every Monday morning. Now you can head over to trueformlife.com, scroll down to the bottom widget, and you can enter your email address in there. And no spam, none of that nonsense. I just send out my most current content. Now I have to tell you about our monthly membership as well. It's going absolutely fantastic. And we have such a strong, supportive group. I send out weekly meal plans, weekly fitness um, for fitness routines. You have video res- video recipes. We have live workouts, all kinds of cool things like giveaways and 
pictures we're sharing and conversations. This is this is a, a constant group support, and I, I love what we're doing there. So if you're interested, again, that's trueformlife.com. Head over to membership early bird special. We have that going on now. And then finally, if you do get a chance, I'd love a rating and review on iTunes. That means a lot to me and helps the show move up in rankings. So all these past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. If you are listening on iTunes, I'd appreciate just a quick review to let me know how I'm doing. And uh, that's it. Once again, thank you for being here. That's all I got. Catch you on the next one. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com. Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia would not be possible without the help of GDK Gravel and Sand. GDK Gravel and Sand, now offering all products in half and one yard bags. Give them a call today for more information. 1-877-335-2091.